You've created your business and now it's time to protect it. Whether it's your podcast, speaking engagements that you do virtually or live on in-person stages or the community that you've built, you want to make sure that what you've created is taken care of and well protected. This is where AWB contract templates come in. They're customizable, quick and easy to complete and cost a fraction of working with a lawyer one-on-one. They have tons of options available so you can choose the ideal one for your business needs. It's an instant download. You get a Word doc template, you fill in the blanks and in about 20 minutes, you're all done. Visit pauseontheplay.com forward slash contracts today to pick out your new business contracts. And when you check out, be sure to use the code play for 20% off your contract purchase. That's P-L-A-Y in all caps for 20% off. Protect your business with AWB contract templates. I decided I had this idea. I said the public, I'm not going to say needs, but I think the public would benefit from hearing and I don't say the officer side of it, but maybe the law enforcement view, because a lot of times, like I said, we only got we only get the media side of it or what they put what they want to promote. So that's where my podcast idea came up. You're listening to Flaunt Your Fire. I'm your host, India Jackson, and today I am recording on the stolen land of my brother's ancestors, the Piscataway people. This land is also known as the state of Maryland, United States of America. It's become increasingly common for individuals with traditional careers to also have a small business. And I, if anybody else, completely encourage people with traditional careers to show up and consider having a brand. There's so many things that you can do with that brand from building your audience to the point where you have sponsors, you have a bigger platform such as a podcast, or even are positioning yourself in such a way that it makes you more attractive to the next career move that you'd want to make. There's so much that can be done for people with traditional careers when they make the decision to show up and have a brand. And I just want to acknowledge that not every traditional career is the same. There are so many different careers out there that can give us a story that those careers in general have more restrictions placed on them of what we can do in the public eye, what we can say. And if we're not careful, that can also give us stories about whether or not we can show up at all. And I witnessed so, so many people being based here on the Piscataway land, the Washington, D.C. area, who are working for the federal government, who are working for law enforcement, are working for the military. And these individuals have so many wonderful dreams and ideas inside them. And many of them are afraid to take action on that. And so today's guest is a bit different than the kind of guests that we've had in the past. And I think that that's part of what makes this episode really unique. Today, I'm interviewing Kenny Dean. And Kenny has over 27 years of experience in law enforcement. And if there's one thing to be said is that here in the United States, 
people have a very strong and polarized opinion of police officers and their work culture. Now, I'm also going to say that oftentimes police departments have very interesting positions that they're in and really needing to be mindful of what they're saying and doing in the public eye, as well as what their team members are out there doing. And so I thought, who better to talk to than someone who is in a career that you could give yourself all the stories of why you can't show up, use your voice, and spread a message. I really do think that you're going to get a lot out of this conversation with him. And I could go on and on preparing you for it and giving you my thoughts about it. But you know, I value you formulating your own opinion and your own reconsiderations of your normals. So let's just dig right in. Let's get this conversation started. I'm excited to be here with you today and to be able to really just dig into this conversation. I'd love if you could share with those listening and reading the written article that would go with this episode a little bit about yourself. Tell us who you are and how you came to be where you are now. Absolutely. Well, my name is Kenny Dean. Everyone calls me KD or Kenny. Uh, whichever you prefer. I'm from Baltimore, born and raised. And back in 1996, I decided I wanted to be a police officer against my mom's wishes, of course, and, you know, family and cousins. You don't want to do that job and things like that. But I had a, I had like a, I call it a calling for it because it just stood out to me that that's something you could help people. You really could help people. And then on top of that, you got to drive really, really fast. (laughs) You know, that was it. Catch bad guys, right? That was the thing we wanted to do. So I decided I wouldn't do that job. So I started in a unit in Baltimore City in the projects. It was Baltimore City Housing Unit. So I went to Baltimore City Police Academy, uh, was sent to that housing unit, loved it. You know, because I'm in there working in the projects, right? Like, it, it gets no more grittier than the projects. So I worked in the projects for a while, and then I got detailed to what they call a street crimes unit, and we were all over Baltimore City getting guns and things like that. So unfortunately, I got into a shooting. That led me to get some more training. And then during that process, I learned the system of, you know, civil, <laughs> the civil part of it. So with that, I decided to learn more about, you know, court procedures, civil torts, you know, things of that nature. Because I was like, I don't want to be in this position again. And if I do, I'll know, you know, know more about it. So fast forward, that shooting was cleared. I was good to go. Um, so around 2002, Washington, D.C. came a call in and they were recruiting. So they recruited like 10 of us from Baltimore and we all went down. And of course, they were like, oh, you from Baltimore. We're going to put you in Southeast D.C. So I was like, 
you know, at that time, I'm like, yeah, whatever, I can handle it, man. I'm from Baltimore, and it's going to be a piece of cake. Well, it's different. Let me just say it, Baltimore and D.C., even though they're 40 miles apart, man, you talk about a different mentality, right? But I adapted, and I learned D.C. culture. So I enjoy meeting people, and I enjoy talking to people about what we do and the misconceptions about what they think we do. Because I will say this, whether you agree or not, people agree. The media sometimes doesn't tell everything about what happened on this particular scene. And that became like something very close to me and important because based on the, you know, the two shootings I had gotten in, the, the truth, truth wasn't told. You know, in either one of those. And I'm sitting there like, wait, I'm, I was the one involved in this incident. And you guys are telling, you know, you're telling the citizens something totally different. That's not how it happened. And it made me question myself, you know, like, wait a minute. Um, <laughs> did that happen like that? You know, so anyway, fast forward. I, I stayed in one day for, you know, probably five years, four or five years. And I decided to do some canine stuff because I had had enough at that time. So I went and did some canine arm training. I got certified in that through a uh, agency. Let me just say that because I'm still under non-disclosure <laughs> rules for that. But I was out in Northern Virginia, you know, Virginia with my bomb dog for a couple. And I loved that. Totally di different atmosphere. But then I got the itch to come back and do police work. Yeah, I know. Sounds crazy. So I ran into my former, well, he was a chief of uh, special operations SOD in the SWAT team from DC. And he said, Hey, sorry, <laughs> I want to pause you for a second. Okay. Um, I know that many people listening are not in the U S or may not have any familiarity with police work. Uh, so what is SO you said SOD? I'm sorry, Special Operations Division, a.k.a. SWAT. You know, we, I'm sorry, we we so used to, you know. Acronyms. We used to it, right? We think everybody knows, like we get military time, everybody's supposed to know it. So, yeah, he was the commander of the SWAT team in D.C. Uh, he was in charge of that. So he took over a department in Maryland, and he got me. He's like, yeah, come on out here. Come on out here to Maryland. And the area of Maryland that I work in, you know, is much less crime, is much less um, violent crime. So that led me to, you know, where I am today. And with that, I, you know, I decided I had this idea. I said, the public, I'm not going to say needs, but I think the public would benefit from hearing. And I don't say the officer side of it but maybe the law enforcement view, because a lot of times, like I said, we only got, we only get <laughs> the media side of it or what they put, what they want to promote. So that's where my podcast idea came up. And I had been wanting to do one for the longest time, but this chief gave me the blessings to do it because he knew what my motives were and my motive. You know, it wasn't, I wasn't, I'm not bad mouthing any department. I'm not, you know, using, I'm not hating, you know, anybody, any particular color, race, creed, whatever you are. It's just information 
And I have really good guests. And I have, like I say, former police chiefs and uh, crime analysis, uh, analyst, I'm sorry, analyst person, and just really good guests, people that come on and give their story of the things that they do. So I'm very proud of that because I can't tell you the number of messages and uh, emails and stuff I get from people who listen to the podcast out of the blue and are like, I'm really thankful that you do what you do. Like you keep it up, like just random people. And I went from, I went from maybe 2000 followers on my page. I think I'm up to around 17, 17,000 now in two, two years. That's a, a very big growth. Um, and I kind of want to like tease out some parts of what you're sharing. So one of the things that you started with was saying that you had this dream of creating the podcast for a long time. I want to rewind that back and say, like, where did you start? Did you start with the podcast or did you start with the social media presence? Well, I started with the social media presence and the videos that I would post, I would get a lot of feedback, you know, from them. And people, I got people were, you know, like, you know, my followers are like, hey, tell me about this. And what is this about? You know, when I would show the videos and I think you, the officer used too much force or didn't use enough force. So in my mind, I was like, you know what? Let me put this on a platform, on a podcast platform then I can actually say why officer did what they did or why, you know, they didn't based on my experience and based on, you know, my law enforcement background. So I kind of, of course, the social media thing started first and then the podcast was, yeah, because the podcast is only a year old, maybe a little over a year old. Yeah. And I think that that's an important thing to note because so often, um, when people can think about this idea that they have brewing in them or thing that they want to start a story they want to tell, they often don't know where to start. What I'm hearing from you is you started with sharing bite-sized content and realized, okay, but this platform, I'm starting to reach its limitations because social media attention span is short and most of the content is going to be five minutes or less. I mean, you're lucky to get a minute out of somebody watching an Instagram video. And so like, where can I now dig deeper into something that someone's requesting more information on, uh, I think is an important thing to note. How long did it take you to kind of transition from having the more law enforcement oriented social media content into having the podcast? Because you said you talked, you were thinking about it for a while, but what was a while for you? <laughs> Honestly, I have been thinking about doing you know, a type of show probably for the last four or five years. And then what happened was, like you said, it, I started posting other people's videos when it came to use of force and things like that. So it, it kind of came, it came into its own because people would comment and then people were commenting things that they didn't know. You know, and then they, they were like, it, again, always a guess of, well, why did he do this? And why, the, you know, again, the officer shouldn't have did, not, did this and whatever. So with the big change in the way law enforcement has, has gone to uh, 
being transparent now, you know, which it always has been in a way, but not the way people want it to be. So I looked at that as an opportunity too to say, hey, these are body worn camera videos. Some of them we show, a lot of them we show. Officers don't have access to that. We can't, there's no, we don't edit that stuff. We don't, we can't edit it. Like once we hit that button, it's done. Right. And what people don't know, stuff like that. The uh, camera records a minute before you even, you know, it's always looping for that minute before you even turn it on. So you're going to get a minute of whatever that officer was doing before he actually records. So little things like that, when you explain that to people and they're like, oh, oh, so it takes some of that. I don't like to say the mystery out of it, but, you know, it takes some of that with officers not doing this the way you should be, the way, way I think it is, the way I think they should do it. And also a lot of that has to do with TV shows, <laughs> Law and Order, Crime Scene, uh, was it NCIS and all that. People assume that you can solve a murder in 45 minutes in commercials. <laughs> that stuff is just nonsense. But we've been fed that so long that, you know, that's stuck in a lot of ingrained in a lot of people's minds. So for me, it was really important to go, let me show you something real and authentic. And I got to say the feedback has been um, incredibly positive. And, you know, once in a while I get some guy, no matter what you say, what you do, I hate the police, police. Okay, that's cool. You have a right to do that. I'm just showing you that this is the way this probably should have been done or could have been done. And and I based that on my, you know, like I said, my experience, my background and things like that. So I don't always get into somebody's video. Somebody send me something. I say, Hey, that's an absolute. He shouldn't have done this. He shouldn't have done. I'm like, no, based on, you know, how we trained, but always remember, you know, like people, you have to put yourself in that position and make a decision in a split second. And then a lot of times when I say that, people are like, oh, yeah, you're right. You know what I mean? So so it's growing. And then I'm getting I'm getting requests to interview people. You know, when I first started, I had to, hey, hey, you mind being on? You want to get on? You know, now it's like I'm getting requests for people and, and chiefs and, like I say, heads of law enforcement agencies and, and you know, to come on. They actually, you know, want to come with it. I'm, I'm super proud of that. Super proud of that. And so part of what you've spoken to here um, is, in my opinion, that people have very strong and polarized opinions about police officers, police work culture. Um, and that's the career industry that you're coming from. That's the content that you're creating around is law enforcement and so you're getting strong feedback one way or another. And that goes into, you know, winding it back and saying, like, there's so many people out there that do have a dream and they're afraid of that feedback or they don't know where to start or there's a message that they want to put out. But, you know, something in the fear place is like stopping them from doing that. Could you talk me through, um, especially for those who may be taking in this conversation and are coming from a background where they're working for a law enforcement agency or the federal government or something that might be a little bit more 
restrictive. I'm going to put a question mark on that because that might be a story <laughs> that's not true about what you can do in the public eye. Like what was your process and transitioning from I have this idea of sharing information with the public to I'm actually doing it. Like how did you transition from idea to live podcast while also being respectful and compliant with your workplace? Well, number one, I, I had a, uh, like I said, talk with um, management. And the great thing about it is when I, I started, like I said, a little bit in D.C. with the videos when I was still in D.C. So I started with training videos because I was a field training officer. So that's how I kind of, I guess I want to say ease into it where people were like, Okay, this is cool. I didn't I didn't jump out there with you must listen to, you know, like <laughs> all the police are right. Every single police officer is right. No. Mm -mm. I ease into this is what happens on day one when an officer gets on the street. So that brought me a lot of positive feedback in the beginning. What I did was I said, okay, I know certain things I can and cannot say being a law enforcement officer. So one thing I don't do is I, I will not attack anybody for religion, race, gender, anything like that. that that's a no-go. You know, um, people are like, well, you have bias and everybody has bias. I mean, they just do. Um, you might want to sit with a certain group at church. You might, you know, and I try to tell people nothing wrong with that. It's just that you have to, you can't act on that. Like, I can't go, okay, yeah, I work, you know, I worked in Southeast, but I can't go, everybody in Southeast is this. And, you know, you notice, well, there's some great people in Southeast, right? But And for reference, you're referring to Southeast Washington, D.C., one Washington, of the hardest yeah. neighborhoods yeah. <laughs> in the District of Columbia. Right. To police in, to live in, to work in for anybody. Yeah. So, but they're good people there. So sometimes, like, for me, it was just saying, I'm going to treat everybody fair in my podcast. You can have an opinion, and I tell everybody that. But what you won't do, you won't disrespect any of my guests, or you won't disrespect me, you know, to that degree of name calling and things like that. Because sometimes I post stuff, and they, you know, the guests get into it. They go back and forth, and I just remind them, I'm like, guys, everybody can have an opinion, disrespect everybody else's opinion. So, if you're if you want to get into this and you're in that field, you know, law enforcement, anything like that, it, it's not frowned upon if you do it in a way of, hey, uh, I don't bring shame or anything to the department that I work for. And that's the main thing. That's what the departments really care about. Like they don't they don't want you to tarnish their name. That's it. What I'm hearing is like, know what your full-time career, like their compliance is. They might list them as company or brand or organizational values. But also what I'm hearing is know what you value because there's a happy place between the two of being compliant and also being honest with your own values as well. Some of what I heard come up is, um, you know, diversity, right? And valuing that. That's why you're not discriminating against people from different 
ethnic or religious or gender or whatever it may be backgrounds. Um, I feel like I heard you say, and please let me know if I've I've misheard this as well, like anti-shame. And I think that's important because there's no way that you're in your specific industry without mental health being a concern, whether that's your own mental health that you're experiencing just from what you do on the job and the trauma that you witness from anything from tragic car accidents to shootings, but also the mental health piece of you know, people have strong opinions and feelings about people that have a badge and gun. And so, you know, the last thing you want to do is create a culture within your podcast or your content around shaming each other. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And like I said, any guests, you know, we, we may talk before we record, you know, a couple things, but the ground rules are already laid out in a way. They kind of know what, what type of person I am. And then I also have a co-host, like I say, who was a, was a former Baltimore City police detective. She's retired. And she also did some of the high profile uh, investigations uh, back, let's say, Freddie Gray and, you know, Baltimore City burned, half of Baltimore City burned down. She was involved in cases like that. Um, so she brings a great perspective, too. And she's a female. So sometimes she puts me back, you know, in balance. Because she's like, Kenny, um, no, women don't see it that way. And I'm like, no, 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 no. no you know, because I have to say I'm a man, too. And I go, no, no, men see it this way. So we have a healthy balance. Like I said, I'm very fair with everybody that comes on the show. And I'm not there to set you up. You know what I mean? I'm not there to, you know, get you on and, you know, kind of embarrass you or try that. No, this is, hey. This is information I want to share with my audience. This is things that happened in police culture back in the past. These are things that led up to this and why it led up to this event. And, you know, for the most part, like overwhelmingly, I get positive responses from everybody who listens to the podcast. I even have like I have sponsors that come. I am so happy about that, right? Because you have sponsors that come out the blue. Hey, I'm going to sponsor your show. And you get an email and it's like, wow, okay. Uh, well, so it, it makes you smile because you know you're putting out a pretty decent product. Speaking of like the tangible like visibility pieces of that, have you noticed any like shifts in who or have you had any surprises in who is listening to the podcast or who your audience is? Canada, people in Canada. <laughs> I, got, I got that email one day. It's like, your podcast is doing well in Canada. I was like, Canada. Interesting. Canada? Yeah, right? Canada. Okay. And then women, not to say that women don't listen to podcasts and things, but you know, it's a rugged kind of, uh, you know, the, uh, I guess the topic. subject matters. Right. So, <laughs> you know, besides law enforcement, I get regular citizens who hit me up and like, Hey, when is the next podcast coming out? I enjoyed the last one. I, I'm subscribed to it. And you're like, wow. Okay. Um, this is regular citizens who happen to be on my page. And then, you know, when we promo different shows and things, upcoming shows. Yeah. Like I said, I'm I'm pretty I'm ecstatic with that. And I'm curious to know, like based on like 
me knowing a lot more about who you are um, and what you've come from and the neighborhoods you've worked in, but also knowing like who's listening. Have you found yourself like dreaming up like this particular type or particular values that you're looking for and the sponsors that you'd want to have on your show? Not really. The more sponsors I get that are different, that come from different areas of, you know, one might be law enforcement, one just is a tip, typical citizen. One sells law enforcement gear, one sells hats. Like, I'm okay with that because they trust me enough to put, you know, their brand for me to run an ad or commercial on my podcast for them and it, it gets out. And like I'm I'm super happy with that. So again, I'm not I'm not gonna just let anybody like, yeah, I'm gonna just take your ad, you know, fees and go about it. And I'm happy. Nah, you know, it's like, all right, I look into okay, who's who's this and you know, what what's their motive of being on this, you know, wanting to be on this show. Right. I mean, I think a big part of sometimes of deciding like what you will have is knowing what you won't have. <laughs> yeah. I, Absolutely. Because what they say, all money's not good money, you know, and all the things somebody gives you. And nah, I can sit back and wait for, you know, because like I said, I started from day one with zero subscribers, zero people listening to this thing. And now, you know, it's like I said, I'm I'm good and good and healthy with my, view, you know, viewership and, you know, people that listen to uh, the podcast. I'm also curious to know if there's any particular types of guests that you've not had yet, but you'd find really interesting to have in the future. Just a average, I know this sounds funny, right? But just a woman who has no clue what happens when you call 911, what, you know, that, that aspect, that dynamic that has no idea what your local law enforcement actually does besides when you see them drive by. Because to me, that's the person you want to say, hey, you know, this is what happens when you call 911. This is why it takes this or this is why three officers show up or things like that. So it's like, hey, tell me what happened when you called 911 last time. Because, you know, you do hear people say that. I called 911 about my car. They didn't show up the next day. And you're like, mm, I keep my mouth shut, you know, but you want to say, you want to explain to them how the system works. Right. That, that's my, you know, that's the person that I want on the show. Hmm. Or radio host. Let me give you that too. A local radio host. I really want one of those. Because I want to go head to head with them. <laughs> like, I really want to go, <laughs> hey, 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 y'all putting out this. Why? Why? Right. So yeah, I, I though that that's my that's my on well, my to do list grabbing you know that those guests. Well, I'm holding space for you receiving your ideal guests. <laughs> okay. I do want to switch gears for a second. I think it's important here at Flaunt Your Fire to really be able to give people some inspiration, some words of wisdom, some encouragement. So someone out there is listening to our conversation or reading its written article, they're working for their local or federal government, or have a slightly restricted career, 
And after their long working hours, they still find themselves thinking and dreaming, thinking and dreaming off the clock because they have this story begging to be told or a business they've always wanted to launch or a brand that is passionately brewing within them, but they have not taken any action to make this dream a reality yet. What would you say to them as someone who is coming from a similar background and has done that? You are wasting time and time is valuable. Do not give up on that dream. We, we all we all get tired, as they say, right? Um, we all pretty much work. We all, you know, we go out there and hustle. Well, when you have that drive, like you said, that dream, and it, and it gnaws at you and you're like, God, if I would have done that a year ago, I would be here, right? We all know that. We sit there and we go, eh, dude, if I'd have done that a year ago or five years ago, now I would be here. Well, that's what's gnawing at you sometimes to to have you take action. So if it, it's not, I'm not going to say it's not hard, right? But it's worthwhile when you see things, you know, grow. When you see your dreams grow, when you see things that you have put your work and, you know, sweat into and, you know, it, it blossoms. So I tell everybody, anybody that has a job, you know, you're not going to get fired for expressing an opinion. You just have to figure out, you know, I have to do it in a tasteful and tactful way. Right. And again, to me, I tell you, right. The main thing is you do not put your job in a position where they have to defend you for anything. That is it. Like that to me, like the, the main, the main, you know, number one rule, number one rule, and then do it. Like, do it. It, it. I know it sounds simple, but it is sometimes. We make things hard because we overthink things sometimes. And a lot of people are afraid of failure. We, I think we all are, you know, with some degree in our lives. But think of every, you know, everybody you know that decided to do, you know, their dream and, you know, they, they succeeded. It might, and I may not be 30 days later or whatever, but do it. I mean, do it. I like I said, I'm I'm super excited where I'm at. So I'll help anybody. Anybody can reach out to me and go, "Hey, what did you do? How did you do this? Who did you connect with? How did you? How do you promote your stuff?" I got you. I got you. Follow that dream because that's all we have in this life. To be honest, you got a short time and a bunch of dreams, so at least accomplish one or two of them. Mm. I think you're going to have a bunch of people in your DMs after this conversation. <laughs> I'm okay with that. I'll turn nobody down. You know what I mean? I talk to people all the time and I tell anybody hits me up, you're not bothering me. You know what I mean? It doesn't bother me to answer questions to help people out. I think that's part of a gift. I, you know, I think it's a calling and a gift. I have no problem with that. For those of you new to Kenny, you can find Kenny on Instagram at let's talk law enforcement period the word period is spelled out and that's also the name of the podcast so feel free to hit him up he gave you the invitation go in those dms send your message and i just want to say like in addition to what you shared it's so true um don't sit on your dreams take one 
small action today to make them a reality. That small thing might be Googling how to get your LLC if it's a business. It might be doing a Google search on what you need to do to claim a, a RSS feed, right, for a podcast. But take the small action. Every small action leads up to your dream becoming that reality. And part of what you're getting to hear from what Kenny has shared in his story is that you bringing that dream into life and making it real, it's bigger than you. You're going to impact people's lives. You're going to give an opportunity for them to engage with you. You're going to inspire them. You're going to change the way that people think. You're going to get them to reconsider things that they've never considered before. And that is a part of the legacy that you leave behind when you make your dreams a reality. Thank you for being here with me today, Kenny. I appreciate it, like big time, because it helps me spread, again, spread the word of what I'm doing, but also what you're doing too. You know what I mean? So you can't, you can't beat that. Positive all the way around. Yeah, thank you for it. You can find links to our guest, Kenneth Dean, his Instagram account, podcast, and all things mentioned in the episode article by visiting www.flauntyourfire.com. The Flaunt Your Fire podcast is brought to you by the wonderful brand I co-founded, Pause on the Play. You can learn more about Pause on the Play's community, workshops, and implicit to explicit values at www.pauseontheplay.com. Until next time, keep flaunting your fire. Ready to get clear on what matters? Let's do this. From implicit to explicit is a framework that helps you to get clear on what matters and how it informs the way you live and lead in your workplace. Whether it's focusing on the team building and connection that can happen when you talk about what matters to you as a person or how it informs the outcomes that you seek in your business, it can all completely change the game. Having clarity on what your values are and how this shapes the way your work creates the foundation for every action that you take and then sharing this information across your team explicitly. This is what creates confidence and integrity in what it is that you are creating and sharing with the world. Visit pauseontheplay.com forward slash explicit to learn more about this collaborative and interactive workshop and sign up today. Ready to lead through your values?